ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನೌನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯ ಕರವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವತೀತಮಸ್ತಮಾವಿಶಾವಹೈ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 So everyone had a nice break for from class for a couple of weeks. Okay. Well, the fact that you're back means definitely you have some interest in the subject. I was going to say uh, is it worth maybe coming closer? Yeah. Come closer be possible so I got some stuff to show on the board so it'll be easier for you to see it. Until now, we've covered two books, Governing Business Relations and Bhaja Govindam. Both excellent books, but they were taken up to give you some idea of what this subject is, what Vedanta is, just to get your interest. That's why we took those two books up. I mean, they, they offer a lot of knowledge, but really it's just to get you interested, stimulate your interest and your intellect. Now we actually take up the first serious book on this subject, Fall of the Human Intellect. We'll be covering concepts that we have already covered and new concepts. But what we do from now on will increase our understanding of life, our goal in life, and how to achieve that goal. We will also have a better understanding of what the reality is, Brahman, God. So that's why I asked you all to bring your notebooks this time because this is where the, now we start the serious studying. Until now it's just to get, you know, oh, this looks interesting, you know. But now you have to do some serious studying. So while it's embarking on the study of the subject, if you study with an open mind, heart, put in just a little effort, you'll find that the effect will be you'll be less agitated in life, more content, become more forgiving because you'll have a better understanding of your fellow beings, your partner, your children and life itself. And all this results in happiness. And let's face it, that's what everyone is looking for, isn't it? Whatever you do in life, it's to gain happiness. So this knowledge will help us find that peace and happiness in the world that we're all looking for. So why do we need this knowledge to get to the higher, to get to know God? Why do we need this knowledge? I mean, we all have faith, yeah? We all have a belief that there is something beyond this world, which we call G-O-D, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter. We all do our prayers in our own way. We go to temples, churches, mosques, do our rituals, 
So why do we need this knowledge? Anyone? Why do we need this knowledge? Absolutely, absolutely. So all those things we're doing, prayers, rituals, everything, is it's not guided by anything. We're just doing it blindly. So to get a better understanding, we need to explore another area. Ravi said faith might be blind. What is faith? How do we describe faith? How do we describe faith? Belief in something that we can't explain. Belief in something? Anybody else? What's faith? Something that's like out of your control, almost as well. Okay, out of your control. Trust. If you have faith in people, okay. a level of trust. Okay. So there's two people who have actually explained what faith means, or come close to what faith means, yeah? One is a Christian mystic called Joel Goldsmith. The other is a Bengali poet, Rabrinath Tagore. You may have heard of, yeah, I think there's some of his uh, short films on Netflix at the moment. Yeah, he's a poet. So Goldsmith defines faith as a belief in a thing which I do not know until I come to know what I believe in. You have to think about it. That's right. Make a note of it. A belief in a thing which I do not know until I come to know what I believe in. A belief in a thing which I do not know until I come to know what I believe in. Rabrina Tagore puts it across as, is a poet, faith is the bird that feels the light and sings while the dawn is still dark. Faith is the bird that feels the light and sings while the dawn is still dark. So what are those two points? Does that give some idea of what faith is? in everyone's mind? Does it give some idea? A belief in something I do not know until I come to know what I believe in. Think about that. It needs contemplation. We can spend a whole class just discussing it. So that's why I told you to bring notebooks so you can write it and read it and then think about it in your own time. So we all have faith there is a God, even though we don't know what God is, correct? We don't, none of us know what God is, but we have faith there is something, isn't it? I mean, that's why we're here. So we're going to take it one more step. Does anyone know what faith translates to in Hindi or Sanskrit?
Shraddha. Shraddha, exactly. We all, I think we all know someone called Shraddha as well. It means it's faith translated in Sanskrit is Shraddha. But it's not uh, a direct translation. Shraddha goes well beyond faith. It has a deeper meaning than faith. Shraddha begins as faith, but reaches further. It's the intellect's capacity to reflect, understand, and assimilate what is heard from a guru. In other words, this knowledge. Faith is just a belief. Shraddha takes it one step further. Now, why we need Shraddha? It helps you to acquire knowledge, absorb it, transform it into wisdom. Embrace it until you become one with it. The reason we need this is faith is uh, emotional, mind-led. But to understand, to understand God, we need the intellectual understanding as well. That's where Shraddha comes in. The intellectual discipline must be supported by devotion, bhakti. Your mind must feel what the intellect tries to understand, comprehend. And your intellect understand what the mind feels. We're going to go into more detail in what the intellect is and so on. The head and heart must blend for spiritual enlightenment. So even though we all have devotion and faith, we all need shraddha, an understanding of what God is, which is gained from this knowledge. So this is what we, yeah, we all have faith, we all have shraddha, we all do puja, rituals. But to understand what we're doing, why we're doing, we need shraddha. And that's what we're doing here. We're gaining knowledge to understand. Then, once you have the understanding, your spiritual path will have more momentum, will be able to go further. Right now, you know, whatever we're doing, we're actually stuck. We're not, we're not evolving spiritually because we don't have Shraddha. We have faith, but we don't have Shraddha. This will allow you to have Shraddha knowledge so you can go forward. Does that, does that make sense, everyone? This is what we're doing here. Don't worry too much. I just wanted to let you uh, make you understand why we need this knowledge. Yeah. Somebody will say, look, I go to do my puja every morning. I do my mara, I do whatever. I go to the temple. I'm spiritually content, which is fine. But to move forward, you need this knowledge. Any questions? So that's why from now on, we'll be learning the subject in a systematic way. Another thing is because we don't understand what God is, it's an unknown entity. The only way we can have even some idea what this entity is, we have to go from the known to the unknown. The God we don't know is the unknown. We don't know what God is. Yeah, nobody can say what God is. Now, God is unknown. So what is the known? What do we know? The world. The world. We know the world. Okay? We all know the world. That is a known. What else do we know? We know ourselves. Well, some of us do anyway. We know ourselves. <laughs> so, what is the known? The world. And ourselves. What is the unknown? God, the unknown entity. 
So to get to the unknown, we have to go from the known. It's no point me saying God is wonderful, God is omniscient, God is all-pervading, the mercy of God. All those are great words, great sentences, but it's meaningless because we don't know what God is. Make, might make us feel good, but we don't actually know. We're not actually getting anything from that statement. So to get to that state, we need to go from the known, which is the world and us, the human being. So if we explore in more detail what we already know, we have some idea of what the world is and us, the human being, then we can get some idea of what the unknown is we call God. Any questions? Okay. So um, we're not going to read this book as we've done before. Um, I'm going to summarize each topic and present it. If you feel after a couple of classes that you prefer reading it, then we can go back to that. Yeah. Um, but um, let's try this way. And that's why you got your notebook, so we can make notes. Anyone who wants to read independently can read this uh, book. And I, but I suggest you read the topic after it is covered in class rather than before. So you know why? Because you don't get any misunderstanding. Because what happens if you read before, you already made some... Um, you, you may have already taken some concepts and misunderstood them. So it's better you read them afterwards. They'll make more sense. Yeah. So now we start. Follow the human intellect. We'll be discussing what the intellect is for the people who have just joined us. And a lot of these concepts, as I said, you already know. So human, it made up of what? Body, mind, intellect, and spirit. From all living beings, only humans need an intellect to live life to its potential. Hence, we have been given this great tool to think. But we have ignored its importance and neglected this vital tool. Intellect is different from intelligence. How is it different? How is it different? Sim? It's more knowledge intelligence. intelligence is more knowledge about? Just what you um, studied, learned. Perfect. And intellect is? Clever. Clever. Reasoning. Reasoning. Thinking. Intelligence is knowledge gained from external sources about a particular subject, sports science. You're studying sports science. You will be intelligent about sports science than all of us in this classroom because you've studied that. You study medicine, you have knowledge about medicine. Finance, then you understand financial matters. This is intelligence. So you get it from external factors, from schools, colleges, books. The intellect has to be developed by oneself. There is no program in the world to do so. So therefore, the intellect remains undeveloped in most human beings. Unless you come across a way of developing and understand that I need to develop my intellect to conduct my life, it mainly goes undeveloped in most people. So everyone operates from the level of the? Mind. mind. And the mind is based on? 
child. Mind is a child, monkey. What are the qualities of a mind of the mind? Stubborn. Stubborn. Irrational. Irrational. Ego. Ego. <laughs> likes and dislikes. I like him, but I don't like her. I like this food, but not that. I love you. I hate you. Because of this, there are major problems of conflict within us and in the world between different people due to different divisions and beliefs. Everyone is operating on likes and dislikes, selfishness. So this is how we're all operating with the mind. Now we, uh, you've all been to some a few classes, so you all know what the mind is. You are not a true Muslim, only I am. Fight. This is the world. Hence, there's so much like unrest and wars in the world because everyone's operating from the mind and selfishness. So it's not only wars, but there's a war going on within us as well because of the mind. We're constantly fighting our own internal battles with indecisions in life. To marry or not to marry. To marry this person or the other person. To take the job or not to take the job. To eat this or not to eat this. To exercise or not to All these things we have to fight every day. These are all our small battles. It doesn't matter if you're the prime minister or the president. You still have these conflicts. So we owe it to ourselves as human to develop our intellect so we can take control of our lives. So it's the intellect if we develop that thinks, reasons, judges, and then makes a decision. And it controls the mind. That's why we need to use the intellect. As you said, the mind is a child. So do you want the child to run your life or the adult? The intellect's the adult. Yeah? Any questions? We're going through this systematically. We've already covered a lot of this in previous classes. We're going through this systematically so you have a better understanding. So, the fall. Fall of the intellect. The world is a wonderful creation of cause and effect. There is an underlying reality we call the self, spirit, God, that has created a heaven on earth. Isn't the world a beautiful place, guys? Isn't the world a beautiful place? So many beautiful sights to see, food to eat, weather, how it changes into four seasons, beautiful animals, the air we breathe, beautiful flowers, trees, different birds. Anyone agree, disagree that the world isn't a beautiful place? So why are we not content? Why are we not happy? People. people. What do you mean by people? Well, I think the world is a beautiful place, but it's people that are it. The undeveloped intellect in humans. We con conduct our lives governed by the mind's desires, attachment, selfishness, lust, greed, rather than the intellect's reason and judgment. If we understand the world is a beautiful place, 
If we're unhappy, then it has to be us, isn't it? That's creating the problem. We can't blame the world for our unhappiness. We can't say it's because of this, that, the other. We can only have to look at us within, why we're not happy. So we said that the world is made up of cause and effect. Does everyone understand what cause and effect is? Wonderful creation of cause and effect. Does anyone know what cause and effect means? We, use, we, we all talk, say the law of karma, don't we? This is cause and effect. What you sow, you reap. With reference to the past, you are a product now. Everything that you've done in the past, past lifetimes you can even say, or in this life, you are the product of that. If you've exercised, you're fit now. If you didn't exercise, you're unfit now. Cause and effect, yeah? You studied hard, you have a good job, you're well off now. If you didn't, you're not well off, cause and effect. With reference to future, you are a producer. You can't say what your future will be because it's constantly modifying with the actions you put in today. What you do today will dictate your future. So who's in control of the future? So you can't blame anyone but yourself, yeah? Okay. I just want to clarify that, what cause and effect means. So because we don't use our intellect, what happens is that we live by a herd instinct rather than our own convictions. In other words, we let others do the thinking for us. So what, therefore, what should be heaven has become hell. So we let others do the thinking. Please don't misunderstand. We're not trying to paint a negative picture here. Yeah? What we're trying to say is that the world is such a beautiful place. We are such beautiful creatures. A human is at the top of the species in the world. There is no other species above us. So why are we still unhappy? Especially here in the West where we have everything. So it's the mind selfishness that has caused agitations in humans, in us all. The mind is never happy. And with the intellect undeveloped, the mind has free reign over your personality. So the peace has become trouble and struggle. Hence we feel that we're living a miserable life. I don't want to spoil your Sunday morning, yeah? But this is a fact. And you know why? We constantly need new experiences to keep us happy. New house, new car, new job, new kitchen, new partner, holiday to Goa. <laughs> we need all these experiences to keep us happy. There's nothing wrong with this, but the problem is we shouldn't let our happiness be dependent on getting these things. If I get that, I'll be happy. Why is this wrong? If I get that, I'll be happy. You're putting your happiness in something that you may not control. Your expectations from something 
you have to because you have an expectation of someone and you step back in. See if you absolutely if you live by sorry, Bella. Yeah, desires are endless. True. See, with this attitude, you will never be happy. This is the problem. Because the mind, as Bella said, will always want something new. So the way to actually live life is be happy and content where you are now with everything you have now and then aspire for a new car, a new home, a new kitchen, whatever you want to aspire for. And when you get that, enjoy it. But be happy now, wherever you are, whatever your circumstances. Then you're living each day in the best way. It's an attitude. And this is where this knowledge comes in. This will help you to live life in that way. Look at the world in that way. This is what we're doing. We're educating ourselves to look at the world not as a source of unhappiness, but a source of happiness. How? By changing the way we look at it. See, I put a, half, a glass of water half, with water halfway. Someone says, it's, on, it's half empty. The other person says, what are you talking about? It's half full. Yeah? So it's up to you how you look at the world. This is what we're learning. We don't realize we are responsible for our own situation, our own misery. We can blame everyone, the government, my boss, Brexit. It's all down to a lack of intellect, thinking, that we're experiencing these ups and downs. We're not living to the standard of a human being. We are actually made to be content and happy all the time. This is how we're designed. So why should we be unhappy? Yeah. See, if you're in a situation right now where things aren't right and you know you feel, I wish I could get this job or find this partner or whatever, this is what it's saying. You say, don't be miserable. It's cause and effect. Whatever you've done in the past has brought you to this state. Now, Understand, think clearly, what do you want to do in the future? And you put the right action in and you'll achieve that. So it's putting the putting all the and power in your hands to conduct your life the way you want. We don't have that for we don't have that ability, and this is what we're learning here. See how powerful this subject is. You can you can take control of your life. But for that we need education. So, to be content and happy all the time, we need this knowledge. And if we put a little bit of effort in, we at least iron out a few issues in our lives. Depends how much you want to change your life. Ch studying the subject, developing our personalities, we can get there. So, we're first going to find out how, what we are, who we are, how we function. Yeah? It's easy for me to say, develop your intellect, do this, do that. But how do you do it? So for that, we need to understand how we, as a human being, functions. So anatomy of a human being. What is a human being? <laughs> Can everyone see that? Yeah? 
that's easy. I'm here to make life easy for everyone. Can everyone read this? You can do it, do it, do a diagram later, don't worry. Human being, you. This is you. Yeah. I'm going to go through it in detail. Self, spirit, vasnas. What is spirit? Yeah. Atman. Brahman, God, we said it's like electricity. What is matter? Body, mind, and intellect. Electricity is the spirit. Body, body mind, intellect is like the gadget. You need electricity to use a TV, air conditioning, etc. You need electricity. Without the electricity, it doesn't matter what you have, it cannot function. Similarly, as a human being, we're made up of the body, mind, intellect, and the self. The self is what enlivens us. Yeah. Then next we have vasnas. Vasnas, what did we say vasnas was? Inherent nature. That's the mind. Person's inherent nature, as you said, his tendencies, his fragrance. You can say his unmanifest thoughts, desires, which is different in all human beings. So a person's behavior, his thoughts, feelings, his actions is all based on his vasanas. If you have negative vasanas, you will only see negative in the world. Good vasanas, you will see good in the world. That's why, you know, you come across a person and you think, how can he be so evil? How can he be so bad person, bad vasanas? He doesn't know he's bad. He thinks he's normal. Good vasanas, you see good in the world. Spirit is the self and livens the being. Matter, body, mind, intellect. So the body is made up of what? That's the body, mind, intellect. That's the matter. We said the self is the spirit. Vasnas is our inherent nature. Now we are born. Body, mind, intellect. The body. Body is made up of? Organs of perception, organs of action, yeah? Organs of perception, you become the perceiver. You perceive sense objects. What are the organs of perception? Anita's not here, she would know. Organs of perception. How do we perceive the world? For our senses, which is? I see color and form. Ears hear sound, nose smells odor, tongue tastes food, skin feels touch. So we receive stimuli from these organs and then we respond back in the world with the organs of action. Yeah, we perceive the world and then we react. Someone says something to us, 
we then react, we listen with our ears, then we react with speech. So what's the organs of action? Arms, speech, legs, generation, and excretion. Those are, those are the organs of action. This is how we react back in the world. We receive stimuli and we react. So, the body is enlivened by the self. It perceives and acts with the organs of action and organs of perception. This makes up the physical personality. Yeah, can everyone see this properly? Yeah? Mm -hmm. This makes up the physical personality. So, the self enlivens the body, physical personality. The self enlivens the mind, made up of likes and dislikes, feels joy, sorrow, love, hatred, feels emotions. This makes up your emotional personality. Everyone with me? The self enlivens the intellect. And there's two types of intellect. We did touch upon the subject of two types of intellect before. So you've got the gross intellect, which makes you the thinker, contemplator. Sorry. The gross intellect operates as the thinker within the world, makes up the intellectual personality. When you go to school, college, university, you're studying a subject, you're using the gross intellect. Yeah. Thoughts of the world, anything that you think of within the world, you're using the gross intellect. The subtle intellect, you're the contemplator. The ability to think beyond the world. Who is God? What is this reality? Who made this world? Who made me? How do I function? What makes me function? Why am I living in the West and other people are starving in the East or in Africa? All these things is a subtle intellect. To differentiate between spirit and matter, you need the subtle intellect. This makes up the spiritual personality. So a human has a physical personality, an emotional person personality, an intellectual personality, and a spiritual personality. This is a human being. Everyone, every human made, is made up of that. So when you say a person is very emotional, what's stronger? Mind. If you say someone is very intellectual, what's stronger? Cross intellect. You say this person seems very spiritual. Subtle intellect. Any questions on this diagram? If something I didn't explain correctly, or if there's any, I don't want any misunderstandings. Physically see them, but if they're on behind the screen, like nowadays, they're very different personalities. 
So you can actually work out what a person is like based from this diagram. Is he more of a physical person, emotional person, intellectual person, or spiritual person? You know why now. So this is, helps you to understand a human being. And, and helps you understand yourself. Where do you, okay, you want to become a better human being. Which area do you concentrate on? Right now, we don't know. Yeah, this paints a picture of, for you to understand. So now we're going to talk about the history of human development. So we look throughout history, there are four distinctive stages of human development. We call the first one we call the age of perception. This is the first stage of human beings. The intellect was at the embryo stage. Humans just watched what was happening around them in the world, and the experience of the world was merely perceiving sense objects. Sense objects through their sense organs, without any reaction. We're talking here Stone Age, cavemen. They lived like animals, no reaction to the world. They just saw, gazed, with no idea what's going on. Then came the age of observation, later on. The intellect was still undeveloped. See, they still went by the mind, that's what we're saying. In, the old, in, in Stone Age times, people just reacted with the mind. There was no thinking. Then the age of observation. Intellect was still undeveloped, but humans started reacting a little bit. They correlated events without any reasoning and thinking, without any intellectual thinking. A black cat crosses your path before a business meeting. The meet, if the meeting was unsuccessful, it was blamed on the crossing of the black cat. Or if you go under a ladder, oh, I went under a ladder, that's why things didn't go well. I had a big argument with my partner. So this emerged as the time of superstition. No correlation, no reasoning. Just something they saw and they correlated as why they had bad luck or good luck. This is still happening today. People are unaware of the law of, of cause and effect and are still living life based on superstitious beliefs instead of using the intellect to think. This is one of the reasons for all the misery and sorrow in people's lives. There's no thinking. Does anyone believe in superstition? This is the problem. We're all brought up in that way, aren't we? See, so that's causing us misery. <laughs> because we're not thinking. We're believing in something. We have no idea why it happens or how it can happen, but we still believe in it. But then is that a fear of if you don't believe in it or you 
follow it and what something does go wrong. So you just do it. Mm. Yeah. Which you is for do it from your parents or like from a younger age. Which comes from the mind. But and when you question it, it's like just because <laughs> like, there's not always an answer, but that's because this does bend down from generations. So exactly. See, you may question, but there's no answer because your parents don't know the answer. And they did. They blindly followed it or something as well. Exactly. No one. They'll just say, "Just do it. Don't ask why." <laughs> I told you, no. Just do it. And then some, some, if you don't do it, and something bad happens, that's because you didn't do what I told you. <laughs> But who? Are the, what are they appeasing? What are they appeasing here? The Tell me, the mind. The mind, which is, we said, is a child in you. You know, and even the other face, they said monkey mind. Yeah. So we're trying to appease the mind. Does the mind ever get appeased? It doesn't. So they're saying that because of these blind beliefs, superstition. Half the problems we have in life is caused by that. You know, we're not thinking. We're letting other people tell us what to do. It's better you think and do the wrong thing and learn from that than not think and do, just carry on with your life like that. You have no control. Just going as the wind blows. Better to make a mistake and learn from that. Yeah. So that was the age of observation, no thinking. Then came the age of scientific inquiry, the emergence of the intellect. Humans started to understand that the world functions on cause and effect, the law of causation. Every cause has an effect, every effect a cause. Chicken produces an egg, egg turns into chicken, produces an egg, this is cause and effect. Scientists started inquiring and discovered the laws the world functioned on. But the gross intellect limited their inquiry only within the world. They can only use the gross intellect to think of the world, nothing beyond. They're not using the subtle intellect to understand the reality, God, and go beyond the world. Their knowledge is based purely on the world. So lacking the subtle intellect, they remained in the state in this state for some time before progressing to the next stage. So you, has, you as a human have a choice in life, how you want to live. You can't change the past, but you now understand I can change the future. Is that clear to everyone? Intellect started emerging and scientists will start thinking. That's why there's been so much progress in the last few hundred years, because people are actually thinking. Then came the age of contemplation, the last stage of human development. In this state, one can use the subtle intellect to go beyond the body, mind and intellect and think of the transcendental that we call God. But we're all caught up with perception and emotions and thoughts of the world that hardly anyone understands this. Desires, we all have desires within the world. So it's difficult to think of God. Difficult to think of what is enlivening all of us, the self. How many times in a week do we ever think, what is this world? How am I functioning? 
what is this G-O-D? No, we never do that. So we're never actually using the subtle intellect. We do rituals or we do um, prayers automatically. We're so used to doing it that we even actually, we do it mechanically. We're not actually thinking what we're doing, why we're doing it. What is my purpose? That is using the subtle intellect. The only probably time we are actually doing that is in this classroom, we're even addressing that. So if we use the subtle intellect, we can go beyond the mind, body-mind intellect and think of what is this transcendental we call God. But we're all caught up in this world, so it's difficult. But only a human can think beyond the world, no other creature. So, in this era right now, there's these four categories we've just talked about. Age of observation, age of perception, age of scientific inquiry, age of contemplation. In this world right now, all four categories of people exist. Small number of people just gaze at the world, no reaction. They don't react. There's people who do react, but with the impulses of the mind. Following ritualistic practices, superstition. There's still people like that in the world today. Most, in fact, most of the people are in that category. They do not think or question. Instead, they follow their elders and leaders blindly. And those leaders and elders have been following their elders blindly. Isn't it? Thinking, they're not using the intellect to think. What am I doing? Why am I doing it? He asked me to dig a hole five meters deep, but I forgot to ask him why. Doesn't matter, I'll just keep digging. You know, now think of this, yeah? We're talking about this particular topic now. People take on their religion even before they have an intellect. I'm a Hindu, I'm a Muslim, I'm a Christian, I'm a Buddhist. With what thought process? I'm an atheist. With what thought process, what reasoning do they decide that this is the religion for me? All the wars are happening because of religion, yeah? How many people have thought, what religion should I believe in? You all think about what job I should take, what education I should have, what I should have for dinner. How many people think, what religion should I follow? We just take it blindly. And it's such a major decision. And there's no thought process behind it. We conduct our whole lives based on that. He said something bad about religion. Where's my knife? I ain't talking to that person. He said Shiva was not real. It isn't is bad or it's something negative of my belief. He may be right. But your attachment and blind belief stops you from thinking clearly. 
something to think about, isn't it? You assume religion of your elders or community. Most people fall in this category. This is because that's why we have all these problems in the world. We're not saying don't believe in whatever you're believing, but think why am I believing in it? Where is it going to take me to? What do I need to do? And how do I get there? Then it's fine. But if you just do it blindly, then you're not going to get anywhere. This is what they're saying. Very few people do that. Only a small number of people actually think beyond the world, understand the Supreme Consciousness. Very few people. Humans need to use great intellectual effort to pull away from the lower stages and the peer. It's not going to be easy. You have to really put a lot of effort in. You've been doing whatever you've been doing for the last 30 years, 40 years. It's hard to get away from it. But you have to start thinking now. As I said, all humans are made happy and content. And the reason you're not happy and content is because you haven't gained your true original state. What did we say the true original state was? Self? Self. We are all God. We are all living by the self. But we believe to be humans, body, mind, intellect. That's why we're suffering. We're not. If we realize that we're the self and not this body, mind, intellect, then nothing will affect us. We'll be happy all the time. This is self-realization. Last class we did that diagram. Karma, bhakti, jnana. How it leads to self-realization. We have to do that in order to get to that state. So this is what we have to do. Only by using the subtle intellect to its full potential can one achieve this. We don't strive for this. We are not living our lives to the level of a human being. This is why we're always unhappy. We're not our original state. Remember that example I gave of the coil spring? This is where we are. The coil spring in its natural state is here. We put pressure, it stays here. We get a lot more pressure, yeah? This is what we're at. We're in what we're doing right now in the world. We're under pressure all the time. The pressure makes us unhappy because we are not what we, where we're supposed to be. We're supposed to be here. You said use the subtle intellect to its fullest potential. What do you mean by that? How do we use it to its fullest potential? Okay. The subtle intellect, okay. The gross intellect, we said, was knowledge of the world. Yeah. How do we how do we um, develop the gross intellect? We take in more knowledge, we study, yeah? So we get more knowledge of the world. The subtle intellect is very different. Everyone has a subtle intellect. And it's the same in everyone. Why is someone more spiritual than others? Why does someone have a more stronger subtle intellect than others? What... What creates a stronger, subtle intellect? Investing, knowing yourself. Knowing yourself. How do you know yourself? Because I mean, that's the most... I know you call it subtle, but it's the most challenging one because you're... Subtle means difficult to get to. 
Desires. Who said desires? You. The more desires, the less exposes your subtle intellect. The less desires, the more exposed is your subtle intellect. Everyone has a subtle intellect. The difference is desires. So that's why that diagram we showed last time, karma, bhakti, jnana, you do those three, it reduces your desires. When you reduce your desires, you can then have a clear mind, be able to think, and then meditate and become self-realized. Buddha did that sitting under a tree. No desires, only one desire. I want to find out who I am and how do I get to my goal as a human being. So he sat under a tree with just that one desire. And still it took him how many years? This is the way. So what do we need to do? All religions teach you this. All true religions teach you this. Christ also said, you know, think on the self. You are not this body, mind, intellect. You are God. It's difficult because the mind's attachments to the world is so strong. We all, as we just said, we don't have a developed intellect because we've never developed it. Um, there is no program. Um, but for you to even just accept that there is a capacity within me to take control of my life. How do we develop the intellect then? Okay, we've said uh, take control of your life with, uh, by developing intellect and then controlling the mind. How do we develop this intellect? Knowledge, questioning everything. Doesn't matter who said it. Mum, dad, doesn't matter who said it. Question it, why? If it makes sense, then you accept it. If it doesn't, you leave it. Then you're thinking for yourself. Then you're thinking for yourself. Also studying higher knowledge, scriptural knowledge like this, between the hours of four and six develops your intellect. And the reason it does it at that time is because the mind is still asleep. After six, the mind starts, okay, I want some coffee, I want this, I want that, what are we going to do today? But until six, the mind is like, oh, whatever, do whatever you want. <laughs> okay, I'm going to develop my intellect so I can control you when you wake up at six. <laughs> this is the, one of the ways of doing that. But, but the thing is, it's easy for me to say, unless you try it and you see the... Um, you see it happening, you, you, it's just theory. You have to try it, practice it, and see the results. Within two weeks, you will start seeing a, um, a result. Even if, you try, even if you just try 15, 20 minutes. The notes that you're making, if, the, if you've got the book, read it, um, look at the notes, have a, try and understand it. You're now using your intellect to think. Why is this? Why is what is this self? Why is vasanas? What is vasanas? All those things you start reading and thinking, you're now developing your intellect. That's why I said bring your notebook so you can all make a note of it. You're now developing your intellect. 
And by, by doing that, you, you develop only like one or two percent of your intellect, you can see the difference it'll make in your life. It'll gross things like eating the right food or exercising or making certain um, changes in your life, you'll be able to do much more easier because now you're thinking, you're not letting the mind do the thinking for you. you know, simple things like that. So you slowly build up. You have to try it, as I said. So when you said about use, you said use the subtle intellect to its fullest potential. Make you so what we're saying is, fun. Finish the question. So my question is, the the subtle intellect is covered by desires. It's the gross intellect that will help me to reduce my desires. See, gross intellect will allow you to control your mind and make a path for you that you want to get to, okay? You'll think, this is what I want to achieve in my life. And if that is to become spiritually developed, self-realization, only the intellect can make that goal. The mind will not make that goal. So therefore, if you develop the intellect, and then you're studying this subject, and you feel, you know what, I believe these scriptures. I believe what the Upanishad says, that self-realization is a goal for a human being. I can get there. Now you've made that goal. How do I get there? I need to reduce my desires. If I reduce my desires, my subtle intellect will be exposed. If my subtle intellect is exposed, I can think of the higher more, less of the world. So this is where the gross intellect comes in. It helps you to make your choices. Whatever that, whatever that choice is. You may want to make money. You want to be successful. You still need the gross intellect. You still need the intellect to do that. You can't be successful if you're just lying in bed all day watching TV. So you need that for everything. Now, what your goal may be to be rich, maybe to buy a big house, to buy a new car, or to get self-realization. For that, the intellect has to make that choice and not the mind. Only then you can get there. I mean, you still need the mind in order to get to the goal, but you don't want to react based on what the mind says. You want to react based on what the intellect says. So the intellect then reasons, judges, the mind follows because the intellect is the adult. So then you can conduct your life the way you want. We're only at the first two chapters. By the time we... Uh, get more and more deeper, all this will start making more sense. But as I said, if you really want to gain the maximum from these classes in the weekdays, you need to put a little bit of effort to think and study, and you'll grow leaps and bounds, trust me. I'm not just saying that. The more effort you put in, the more you will gain from it. Otherwise, it'll just be Sunday morning class, oh, it's a good time. Yeah. You'll enjoy the classes, you'll love the knowledge, but there will be no changes within you. This is the difference. We want to make changes within us. This is the whole exercise. It's no point you going to a gym every week and there's no change in weight, no change in muscle. You just have a good chat with the person next to you and you have a good time and then you go, oh, I went to the gym. <laughs> So if there's no effects, 
this is what we're saying. Similarly here, you know, if you put in a little bit of effort, then you will see great changes in your personality. You, you don't realize you can control your personality right now. But you can. Any further questions? I can carry on, but how does everyone feel mentally? <laughs> because it's a lot we've taken in. Any general questions at all? I just um, wonder, oh, sorry. Go. What controls the mind in the sense of they, like say, these people exist, right, of the different categories. So let's say someone's a, a feeler more than a thinker and a contemplator. Mm -hmm. So what would you do to not balance it out, but to obviously be more powered by your gross intellect. Gross intellect. So the fact that you now recognize that a person can be emotional, mind-led, yeah? You look at a person now, you will say, they're hysterical, oh, I like this, I don't like that, you do this, I, I want to do that. Yeah, okay, uh, I class, I saw the, the, the um, diagram. This person looks like more mind-led rather than thinking. They're reacting. They, you cannot change them. They can only change if they realize their situation and understand that I am quite emotional, mind-led, and, and this isn't good for me. Now, how do I become less led by the mind and become more in control of my personality? Only then that person can change because then they will look for a way of doing that. But you will find most people are, are not able to get out of that situation. Exactly. They think they're normal because their vasanas are such. So they, it's difficult unless they get exposed to a certain knowledge which tells them differently. And also they need to have that um, self-judgment uh, to understand that I don't like the way I am. I mean, the thing is, Physically, we all look at ourselves in the mirror and say, you know what, I can lose a bit, a couple of kilos, or uh, you know, I need to have a little facelift, or I need to have a nose job, or whatever. We're, it's easy for us to do that. But we don't, we, can't, we don't have the ability to look within and say, you know, I'm an emotional person. How can I change that? I don't want to be emotional. You know, I'm quite uh, intellectual, but I have no feelings. You know, I have knowledge of everything, but I can't relate with anyone. So that person is so strongly intellectual that he, the mind isn't there, you know. You need a balance, this is what we're saying. So this is in the beginning, remember we said faith and shraddha. You know, faith you have, feeling, emotion to the higher. But you need to know what that higher is to be able to do it properly, to understand what you're doing, why you're doing it. We need to know what that entity is, and this is what we're doing here. So you're using your physical personality, your emotional personality, and your intellectual personality, all focused towards the higher, then you can get there.
See, they don't teach this at school. How, what is a human being made up? They, you'll never see this in the biology class. This is what these great sages who have no names thousands of years ago sat in a cave meditating and thinking, who am I and what am I? What makes me tick? They're the people who came up with this. Not scientists. And that's why it's unknown in the, in the, in the Western world. You know, a lot of people go to India because they feel that's the most spiritual country, one of the most spiritual countries in the world. So many Westerners go there. And it is one of the most spiritual countries in the world because this knowledge was given to the people five, 7,000 years ago. This knowledge of the higher. It's our, it's our past. We need to embrace it. And anyway, if you do what we're saying, at least you'll be happy all the time. Forget about self-realization. Forget about God. Everything you're doing is for happiness. At least I want to be happy permanently. Let that be your goal. I don't want nothing to phase me in the world. Anything I do, everything I do, I want to find peace and happiness. Let that be your goal to begin with. Because you can identify with that goal. With self-realization, you can't identify. So we need this subject even just to live in the world properly. The next chapter, we talk about plant, animals, and humans. What are the differences? Sorry. Um, yeah. Did you have a question? No. Sure. So the body is the most grossest. Mm -hmm. Then comes the mind, which is yep. subtle. And then the most subtle is the intellect. Yeah. And the subtle intellect is, of course, the most subtlest of all. Right. But if we don't have... So some people are more body-led and mind-led. So then actually we're more gross than we are subtle. Yep. If we're not intelligent, for example. So we say gross body. Why do we say the gross body? Because that's the grosses. We can see it in the mirror. Am I right? Gross to me is more external influences. That mind. We base ourselves on what we physically see out there. Yeah. Because that's what we're con concluding. So, as you said, gross thinker, thoughts of the world, but you're looking out. So, when you're looking out, you're reacting to what's coming back at you. Instead, and then subtle is obviously if you question what's coming at you to see how you can manage that reaction. You're right. But from the perspective she's asking, is as a human being, as the as a person, you, the gross part of you is your body. Yeah. The, more subtle than that is the mind because the body can't act without the mind or the intellect telling it how to act. Hence, it's the gross body. The mind is the next one up, which is more subtle than the, than the body. And more subtle than that is the intellect because that can control the mind and the, and the body. 
The body can't control the mind and the intellect. And more subtle than that is the subtle intellect. So I suppose my question is, if you are generally more intelligent, do you have a head start in controlling the more gross? Because if we're thinking the intellect is subtle anyway, if we are more intelligent, do we have a better start in life to control the body and the mind? No. 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 Depends the area of intelligence. A scientist could have knowledge of nuclear physics, can make a rocket to go to the moon. He has no control of his anger, his drinking, how to conduct with, how to behave with his partner, with children. But everyone looks up to him when it comes to engineering. But I suppose because we're saying that the gross intellect is enabling you to think. Think, but in which area? The area I want to think about is how do I become a better human being? Now you're using your gross intellect to become a better human being. How can I make the most money? Using your gross intellect to make more money. How can I be the fittest? Using your gross intellect in sports, to, to exercise, to become the fittest. So where is, what is your goal? So for anything you do, you need the gross intellect to become successful in that area, because the mind won't. But what is your goal? What is your purpose? What are you trying to achieve? So with this knowledge, you have an understanding that I need to reduce my desires. So you're now using the gross intellect to control the mind, where the desires are, to help reduce them. I don't need that. I've got three already. Okay, forget that desire. How can I reduce my desires? What do I do? Why do I need to do? You're now thinking in that area. See, the intellect can control the mind and the, and the body, hence it's more subtle. But which area, based on, it depends on your vasanas, your fragrance, your nature. So, See, you're very complicated people. Well, human beings are very complicated. It's not what you just see in the mirror. Which area do you want to work on? But we need to understand how we function. If we don't even know how we function, how can we think of God? How can we think of the higher if we don't even know how we function? And this is what? Known to the unknown. So we're now getting to know how we function. Then we'll be discussing how the world functions, only through that complete understanding, we can then think of what the self is. I'm not taking it any further because um, it's a, quite a lot to absorb, you know. The party's over. It's now serious study. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. Please. If vasanas are something that you can't control, something that you're obviously just forming, then I guess it means that like everyone doesn't start at a level playing field as well. No. So you would end up having some people who, yeah, will obviously be more intellectual than others. 
and can pick up things obviously a lot more easier or etc. So I guess it doesn't it, it doesn't really start there either. Start fair where? In life. Which life? See, now we're talking about um, we're talking about reincarnation here. Oh. You see, okay, let's just talk about this life. Yeah, you and your sister born in the same family, same parents, same food, same upbringing. Are you both the same? No. Even twins born are very sim different. Why? Exactly. What makes their vasanas different from each other, even though they have the same surroundings and upbringing? See, vasanas is something that you're born with based on your past actions, past desires. You can say vasanas are unmanifested desires. In this lifetime, you will have lots of desires. Yeah? Your vasanas have said, uh, Dashna, you have 10 million vasan, uh, desires to exhaust in this lifetime. Now you have a choice. You can either understand and exhaust them, or you can exhaust them and create new ones. And when you create new ones, you will take another life in order to start exhausting them. A human being is God plus desires. So how do you become God? Eliminate desires. So therefore, if you understand this is what my goal in life is, I need to reduce my desires, then this is what you're going to be start concentrating on. At least don't, inc don't increase them. If you don't increase them, at least you know how many you've got. Well, you don't know, but you know that whatever I'm born with is what I need to exhaust. You are a victim of your vastness. Good or bad, you are a victim of your vastness. We can say that. If you, you can't control your vastness, but you can make a informed decision not to create new ones where possible okay and and by taking up this higher scriptural knowledge which the old sages have written it will help you to direct the vasanas and have a stronger desire in a certain area which can eliminate those vasanas only a human being can have can eliminate all their vasanas you've got a lot more vasanas still waiting to be exhausted in the next lifetime you've only been born with this much and you've got that much now, only a human being can get rid of this much and that much altogether, which we will discuss in when we do the Bhagavad Gita. And the Bhagavad Gita explains how to do that. But we have the ability to do that. This is self-realization. When you reach self-realization, you've exhausted all your desires. There's no reincarnation, no vasanas, nothing finished. It's all um, really well detailed. Um, in the Gita, how to do it. But the thing is, we've been, well, it's been said to us since we were born what to achieve, but we've not been given to us in the right manner. So where, as you said, our parents were telling us, if you actually think about it, they've been telling us the right 
information. It's just they haven't presented it correctly to us to understand it and to see where we're going to end up. So at the end of the day, keep telling us, you know, behave yourself over what is, you know, the afterlife would be X, Y, and Z. Yeah, but because it doesn't, re because it doesn't uh, come with reasoning, yeah. it's difficult for you to accept it. You know, um, hence you can't. Your it won't make sense to you. Oh, it hasn't. That's why. Yeah. yeah. See, it'll only make sense to you if you absorb it, understand it, and you think, yes, I believe this because it makes sense to my intellect. And now this is the path I'm going to follow. Until then, it doesn't really matter. You have to understand it and believe it, and then you'll do something about it. So yes, everybody's saying the same thing. All religions are saying the same thing. 